Shalom and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, this is the week leading up to Shavuot. Um, very important uh, Moedim, Feast of the Lord. And we're going to be talking about that, Shavuot and Pentecost, um, which is basically the Christian terminology for Shavuot, um, the Feast of Weeks, it's the time of the Great Harvest, and uh, Shavuot is recognized by most calendars um, for 2019 to be from Saturday evening at, or yeah, Saturday evening, June 8th, till Monday evening, June 10th, and uh, Pentecost will be recognized by the Christian Church this year on Sunday, June 9th. And of course, Pentecost, which means it's a Greek word for 50, and I'll explain why the word 50 or the number 50 matters here in just a minute, but the the Christian Church recognizes Pentecost because that's the day that the fire came down tongues of fire came down and the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the believers. Um, But the whole gist of it all, Shavuot and Pentecost, it all means so much more even than just that. And so if you're like me, and many of you are, uh, then you care about the entire Bible and how these feast days foreshadow Messiah and the prophetic work of the Messiah. And many of you, like me, you memorialize and you pay attention to it all, uh, which is what we'll be focusing on all this week. Uh, Today we're going to begin our Shavuot series by reading Exodus chapter 19 through 20. And, uh, you know, during Shavuot it's believed that Torah was given at Mount Sinai. And I should also note that there are many prophecy watchers who believe that the rapture will likely take place during Shavuot. And uh, there's a lot of good reasons to believe that. We'll talk about some of those. Um, We'll talk about, we'll see many connections actually to that idea as we read today's story out of the book of Exodus. And uh, we will also look at um, Shavuot, Pentecost, uh, the idea of that being the time of the rapture further throughout the week as we study and talk about Shavuot as it relates to the Great Harvest. And so that's kind of uh, what we're looking at uh, this week and what our focus will be this week. I want to read something real quick to you, just a short explanation from, um, I guess you would call it the Hebrew perspective of what Shavuot is. And then we're going to read Exodus chapter 19 through 20. So here's the short reading. It says, The first thing that one notices with regard to Shavuot in the Bible is the absence of a substantive name for the holiday. Shavuot has several designations in the Bible. The book of Exodus, chapter 23, 16, designates it as Hag Hagitzar, the festival of the harvest, which identifies the holiday with an agricultural season. The book of Numbers, chapter 28, verse 26, designates it as Hag Habakirim, the festival of first fruits, 
which specified the time on which the custom was to offer first fruits. The same verse also mentions the name by which the holiday is commonly known today, Shavuot, the festival of weeks. This name is not a is not descriptive of the character and substance of the holiday. Rather, it is a chronological tag that addresses itself to the time lapse between Passover and Shavuot, thus emphasizing the relationship and interpretation of the two holidays. Passover, in addition to its historical phase commemorating the end of the Egyptian slavery, also was a spring festival linked to the beginning of the spring harvest season. The agricultural aspect of the holiday began on the second day of Passover in the ritual of the Omer, the offering of the sheaf of barley, the earliest of the new cereal crop, marked the harvest season. The grain ripened 50 days later, thus the beginning of the harvest was marked on Shavuot with the offering of the first fruits. And so Shavuot is 50 days later from Passover. And uh, the, like I said, the word Pentecost is Greek for 50. That's where it's all coming from. But this all points to harvesting. So we had the first fruits during Passover. Or the second day of Passover. It was when the ritual of the Omer began. And of course, what did we have take place during that time? We had the Passover lamb. We have Christ ascending into heaven as the first fruit. And there's still a harvest yet to come. And uh, so that's kind of one of those connections uh, that they make, uh, people who believe that. All right, I don't want to read any more of this uh, from, the web from this website here. What I want to do is get started. Uh, we're going to read Exodus chapter 19 and 20, the given, giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. But more importantly, what we have going on here is we have God descending upon the people with a shout of a great trumpet and the people coming up to the mountain. And we're going to read today from the Hallelujah Scriptures and then the rest of the week will be in the King James Bible. Uh, but for this portion, I want to read it from the Hallelujah Scriptures. And so you will hear some Hebraic words um, and terminologies and uh, I'll try to I'll translate the ones on the fly that that may be troublesome. So, hopefully you have a basic understanding of what Shavuot is. And uh, so now let's do the reading uh, for today in regards to that. Let's begin chapter 19, verse 1. In the third month, after the children of Yisrael had come out of the land of Mitzrayim, on this day they came to the wilderness of Sinai, for they, parted, for they departed from Rephidim, and had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. So Yisrael camped before the mountain. And Moshe went up to Elohim, and Yehovah called to him from the mountain, saying, This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob, that is to say Jacob, and declare to the children of Yisrael, you have seen what I did to the Mistrites, that is to say the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And now, if you diligently obey my voice and shall guard my covenant, then you shall be my treasured possession above all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. 
and you shall see you shall be to me a reign of Kohanim, that is to say priest, and a Kodesh nation. Those are the words which you are to speak to the children of Israel. And Moshe came and he called for the elders of the people and put before them all these words which Yahovah commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that Yahovah has spoken we shall do. So Moshe brought back the words of the people to Yehovah. And Yehovah said to Moshe, See, I am coming to you in the thick cloud, so the people hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. And Moshe reported the words to the people of Yehovah, and Yehovah said to Moshe, Go to the people and Kodesh them today and tomorrow. The word Kodesh means holy or to make holy. And they shall wash their garments and shall be prepared for the third day by the third day. For on the third day Yehovah shall come down upon Mount Sinai before the eyes of all the people. And you shall make a border for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mountain shall certainly be put to death. Not a hand is to touch it, but he shall certainly be stoned or shot with an arrow, whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, let them go up to the mountain. By the way, i got to stop right there. This is just one of those areas that really does point to this idea of the rapture. You've got the trumpet blast. It's going to happen here. We're going to read about it in a second. And when it sounds long... The people are to go up to the mountain. First Thessalonians chapter four, sixteen through seventeen, we all know this verse, right? For the Lord himself for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You have the same concept. God coming down, there's a big trumpet blast, the people going up to God. So as you can you can see uh, that connection very, very easily. Um, you have the same idea in Revelation uh, chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. He said, John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Right? saying, I am Alpha Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book, and send unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Again, Revelation 4, same idea. Chapter 1, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you these things which must be hereafter. So you can clearly see that connection where people would get this idea. Alright. When the trumpet sounds long, let them go up to the mountain. Verse 14. And Moshe came down from the mountain to the people, and Kadesh the people, and they washed their garments. And they said unto the people, Be prepared by the third day, do not come near a wife. 
And it came to be on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of a ram's horn was very loud, and all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moshe brought the people out of the camp to meet with Elohim, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. And Mount Sinai was in the smoke, all of it, because Jehovah descended upon it in fire. And its smoke went up like the smoke of a furnace, and all the mountain trembled exceedingly. And when the blast of the ram's horn sounded long and became very strong, Moshe spoke, and Elohim answered him by voice. And Jehovah came down upon Mount Sinai and on the top of the mountain, and Jehovah called Moshe to the top of the mountain, and Moshe went up. And Jehovah said to Moshe, Go down, warn the people, lest they break through unto Jehovah to see, and many of them fall. And let the Kohanim who come near Jehovah kodesh themselves too, lest Jehovah break out against them. And Moshe said to Jehovah, The people are not able to come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Make a border around the mountain and kodesh it. And Jehovah said to him, Come, go down. And then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the Kohanim and the people break through to come up to Yahweh, lest he break out against them. And Moshe went down to the people and spoke to them. And Elohim spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh, your Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim, out of the house of slavery. You have no other mighty ones against my face. You do not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of that which is in the Shemayim above, or which is in the earth beneath, or which is in the waters underneath, under the earth. You do not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, Jehovah, your Elohim, am a jealous El, that is to say God, visiting the wickedness of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing kindness to thousands, to those who love and guard who love me and guard my commandments. You do not bring the name of Jehovah, your Elohim, to naught, for Jehovah does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to naught. Remember the Sabbath day to Kadesh it. Six days you labor, and you shall do all your work. But the seventh day is a Shabbath of Jehovah your Elohim. You do not do any work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days Jehovah made the Shemayim and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore Jehovah Baruch, that is to say bless, the Shabbath day and Kadesh it. Respect your father and your mother, so that your days are prolonged upon the land which Jehovah your Elohim is giving you. You do not murder, you do not commit adultery, you do not steal, you do not bear false witness against your neighbor. You do not cover your neighbor's house. You do not cover your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, or whatever belongs to your neighbor. And all the people saw the thunders and lightning flashes and sound of the ram's horn, and the mountain smoking, 
And the people saw it, and they trembled, and they stood at a distance, and said to Moshe, You speak with us, and we hear, but let not Elohim speak with us, lest we die. The people are so terrified by what they've seen. And you have to remember, they've seen thunders and lightnings. They've seen a great cloud descend upon the mountain. And they heard Moses, Moshe, speak to God. And he spoke back to Moses with a voice. And so the people are just terrified. It's a frightful thing to fall into the hands of the Lord, right? Of course, this is great wisdom on their behalf to be terrified because the Bible says that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. This is why you see very little wisdom or intelligence amongst humanity today. There's no fear of God anymore. But a similar event to this will happen again, and then there will be great fear, right? And so they said unto Moshe, You speak with us, and we hear, but let not Elohim speak with us, lest we die. Verse 20. And Moshe said to the people, Do not fear, for Elohim has come to prove you, and in order that his reverence be before you, so that you do not sin. So the people stood at a distance, but Moshe draw near the dense cloud where Elohim was. And Jehovah said to Moshe, Say this to the children of Yisrael. You yourselves have seen that I have spoken to you from the Shemayim. You do not make besides me mighty ones of silver, and you do not make mighty ones of gold for yourselves. Make an altar of the earth for me, and you shall slaughter on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your cattle. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I shall come to you and barak you. And if you make me an altar of stone, do not build it of cut stone, for if you use your chisel on it, you have profaned it. Nor do you go up by steps to my altar, lest your nakedness be exposed on it. And that is chapter 19 and 20 of the book of Exodus, uh, which is important for us to read during the time of Shavuot. Um, it's believed that that commemorates that time. Uh, if you look and you research what uh, is studied. Um, there's all kinds of uh, traditions and things like that associated with uh, Shavuot. Um, a couple more references. It's refer it appears in the apocryphal book of Tobit. Uh, in Tobit chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. It's in the Maccabean warriors. In the book of Maccabee. Uh, uh, in chapter 12... 29-32, we just read, we've been studying the book of Jubilees, you hear, you see that uh, uh, Shavuot uh, is mentioned by Noah, and the biblical patriarchs, it's quoted from the book of Jubilees, chapter 6, and chapter 22. Um, I'm just, I'm just kind of reading through some of this, let me read some more of this article here. Uh, and then we'll kind of wrap up our study. But I want you to have a very solid understanding of Shavuot, what it is, um, in each phase. And so the traditions are, you know, that you read the book of Ruth because it deals with that time period and the great harvest, which is also a picture of Messiah. So we're going to read that on Wednesday. And then, of course, we have Pentecost, which also 
again means 50. It took place on Shavuot. It, and we have the, you know, the tongues of fire coming down and the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the people. Uh, let me finish reading some of this article here so you have a, a really good understanding. We talked about how the grain ripened 50 days later. Thus beginning the harvest uh, was marked on the Shavuot with the offering of first fruits. This concluded the celebration of the grain harvest, which began on the second day of Passover. Two distinct biblical Shavuot rituals were given symbolic expression. The first ritual provided for the bringing of the wave loaves of bread, the Lachim Tanufa, which were baked from the new crop of wheat. You see that in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 17. Thus one expresses gratitude to God for the new crop. The second ritual was the Bikurim, uh, the choicest fruit which were required to be brought to the sanctuary beginning with Shavuot. A special recitation is mentioned in the Bible that accompanied the presenting of the first fruits to the priest. And you shall come to the priest that shall be in those days and say to him, I told God that I came into the land that God swore to our ancestors to give us. And that's Deuteronomy uh, 26.3. Um... I think I think we've covered enough. Let me skip down to this. It says, In the course of time, a new theme was added to Shavuot, namely the commemoration of the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. The celebration originated in the exilic period of Jewish history after the destruction of the Second Temple by the Romans in the year 70 CE. Sacrificial rites and Bikurim ritual involving bringing first fruits to the temple were abolished. Unlike other two pilgrim festivals, Sukkot and Passover, both of which had distinctive rituals, the festival of Shavuot had none. The festival gained a new contemporary motif when the rabbis linked Shavuot with the, the with the theopany at Mount Sinai when God revealed his will to Moses and the children of Israel. So chapters 19 and 20 of the book of Exodus describe a wondrous experience of God revealing his will atop Mount Sinai. This section includes the Ten Commandments, which are read aloud as the congregation rises during synagogue service on Shavuot. So there you have it from that article, friends. Um, you know, the biggest pointings to Shavuot, I think, are, are found, again, we'll read the book of Ruth, which actually deals with that time and with the harvest. And then, of course, we'll be reading out of the book of Acts about uh, Pentecost. Well, I hope I didn't ramble too much this morning. Hope that you learned something, uh, that something was stirred in your heart that caused you to draw even more near uh, to your Heavenly Father. Um, I want to thank all of you for supporting this work. Uh, it couldn't happen without your support. It's 100% listener supported. And if you're wanting and willing to become a monthly Patreon subscriber, uh, you can do that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. That's the website where all the archives are, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. If you're watching on YouTube, all the links to do that are in the description below. Again, I pray that you were blessed this morning. I hope you enjoyed the reading from the Hallelujah Scriptures. Uh, please do not come to the comments and argue with me about how you think God's name is supposed to be said or any Hebrew words are supposed to be said. Uh, we're reading from that as just a way to enjoy our study this morning before God. And what really matters is how our heart is bent towards God and not 
<laughs> and how we and how our heart is bent towards one another is what God is really paying attention to. All right. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>